Hi everyone, welcome along. It's the PHT Podcast. Everything you need to know about travel wrapped up in one little podcast. Melanie Wynn is here from the Glenelg office. Lovely to see you, Melanie. Lovely to see you, Leith. How are you? Very well, thank you. Today, something dear to your heart. Oh, I've brought props to the podcast, Mel. Does it send a tear down Tearing me up, yeah. You're tearing me up. I love a national anthem. I love the patriotism yeah. that yeah. comes with the national anthem. It is. It always sends Even a, a little chill your... up my um, sort of spine. Makes me feel a bit kind of like gooey inside. Even if you're not from that country, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's kind of it's the rousing. Yeah, it's very recognisable, isn't it? Pastoral yeah. part of God yeah. Save the Queen. Very uh, reverent. Where are we going today? What are we talking about today? Well, going to um, the UK and Ireland. Actually, um, I mean, I lived there for 15 years, so yep. it, it's uh, it's very dear to my heart. You know, I've been out to Ireland. Um, and of course, all over the UK, and this one goes all over the UK. In fact, um, in fact, I rather wish I was going myself. But it's um, <laughs> heading out um, in May. Um, and I'll tell you something for nothing. If you go in May or September to the UK, it's brilliant because mm-hmm. mm. you've got um, uh, you know you're well into spring by by May. Um, even June's a nice time as well. Once you hit sort of July and August, it gets busy. Yep. So um, it's busy with um, the Western or the Northern Hemisphere on holidays at that time of the year, and. As you'll see from some of the weather patterns sort of exhibited in, in the papers and online and that sort of thing, it gets really hot yeah. as well. Whereas May, you've got um, um, bank holiday at the beginning of the May and, and, of course, the end of May. And we always used to have glorious weather in uh, in May, at least at least by the end of May, you know, ordinarily. So uh, temperatures, um, I'd say... Um, Usually somewhere between sort of 13 and 20 sort of degrees, yep. but with an accent on some nice sunshine at that time of the year. And all of the uh, the rainy days of April have finished, so it's quite dry at that time of the year as well. The beautiful thing about this destination and the things you're going to see on this particular trip, we've all grown up. We've all been taught through school everything about these destinations. Yeah. If you're like me and you're really into pop culture, it's... A kid growing up as the goodies, watching the goodies or watching, yeah. you know, the Kenny Everett show. There's always been that pull yeah. to to London, to Ireland, to, to Scotland, to that part of the world that, and as you say, you'd live there f- for so long. How are you cramming in? What are we doing on this trip? Because there's so much to see and do. Okay, well, I mean, I, I certainly agree with you with what you say about the goodies and uh, all those sort of things. I love the Kenny Everett video show. That was um, absolutely brilliant. And, of course, you know, English lollies and those sort of things. And yep. I think there's just this amazing connection that exists between Australia and the UK mm. anyway, you know, being part of um, well, a, a former part of the Empire and it's still part of the Commonwealth today. Um, and in fact, we're actually going to um, 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 a non-Commonwealth area to start with because we're going to fly into um, Southern Ireland and come into uh, to Dublin, yep. um, which I think, you know, sort of sits right there on the uh, the to-do list. Dublin really is a, mm. is a cute little um, city. Um it sits sort of right on the riverside and, of course, you've got um, Guinness is Good For You, the brewery, yes. all those sort of things there. And the doors of Dublin. Um, the doors of Dublin are very famous, the Georgian doors. And they're all sort of painted sort of different colours. It's a really, really nice sort of city. Don't you think everyone wants to drink at an Irish pub? Yeah, oh, yeah, they do. It's, it's you know, on the bucket list. And you can do that in um, Temple Bar, which yep. is uh, uh, the, the main drag in terms of seeing all of those uh, pubs, of course, with a thoroughly good crack, as they call it, C-R-A-I-C, thoroughly good crack. Um, we go to the Irish Famine Museum. Um, we also go to uh, Galway, which is um, the city of the uh, the oysters. Uh, really pretty. So we're heading out sort of along um, um, Ireland's or Southern Ireland's sort of uh, west coast down to uh, Limerick and Tralee, um, which is um, beautiful for the Flying um, Boat Museum just there in neighbouring uh, uh, Foynes. The Ring of Kerry, which is arguably one of the... Uh, 
uh, the prettiest drives in the world. Yep. And I think it would rival, of course, anything you find between Los Angeles and San Francisco, but of course, um, anything in British Columbia, down here in our country along the Great Ocean Road. It really is a spectacular drive. And you we speak go of to affinity, sorry to interrupt, you yeah. speak of affinity with uh, England, obviously with the Irish too. There's, there is a great Australian-Irish connection, not just sport and not just pop culture but uh, that's it Aussies I, I, love Irish and, Irish I, I, love they, they do and I, and I think a lot of people are of Irish stock anyway you know um, a lot of people who are um, um, born of um, British parentage mm. or um, um, they might be sort of third fourth generation Australians there'll be a little bit of um, Irish in there somewhere yeah. around the uh, the traps so you sort of feel like you're going home pretty much yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's I mean it's, it, it is different to the UK like um uh, just just little nuances, subtle nuances and differences. I mean, I suppose the biggest one is the fact that it's all Euro, mm. of course, in um, Southern Ireland compared to the North with Belfast. It's still, of course, the pound sterling um, because you've got the United Kingdom of Great Britain and yep. Northern Ireland. And then, of course, you've got Southern Ireland, which is part of the... Um, it's almost a swear word, the European Union. Yes, I've been <laughs> Sorry, watching the whole... There's been a little bit of news about that. Yes, it's fair, fair to say. bit, yeah, yes. yeah, fair bit. <laughs> um, I think they did the right thing, perhaps, by um, being, of course, completely separate from the North. Um, but th- this one also goes out to um, Blarney Castle, so you can get your gift to the gab, so mm. kiss the uh, the very famous stone. stone. So you go up to the top of a tower at Blarney Castle, mm. a chap takes hold of your legs and you literally bend over like a... Uh, um, a banana, mm. uh, and you kiss this um, oft kissed stone, yes. um, and then of course it's thought that you'll have the gift of the gab thereafter. So uh, I've kissed the old stone, so uh, it's uh, it's worth going there if you want to have the absolute gift of uh, eloquence. Yes. Well, there you yeah. go. It clearly it. works, <laughs> Mel. It, it clearly That's it. works. That's it. Um, one of my um, favourite places is um, um, Liverpool and Manchester. Manchester's mm. become quite a, a gentrified city, owing, of course, to Manchester United and, of course, the, the Beckhams who yep. lived in downtown Chester, which is another very um, beautiful part of the UK, but Liverpool. Mm. And, of course, um, it's sort of right there up on the map with it being birthplace of the Fab Four. So yes. uh, you go to the Beatles Museum. There's also the Cavern Club where they had their, their very first gigs. That's a, a nice sort of stop-off point. And then, of course, um, Glasgow. <coughs> we actually go via a place called Gretna Green, which was a place where people could yeah. elope and marry illicitly if they were underage because, yep. of course, um, Gretna Green has different marital laws or did have compared to England. So uh, it was a place uh, known as the wedding capital of the uh, uh, of the UK. So into Glasgow, Glasgow, Newcastle, Bristol, Leeds, all of these sort of um, cities are, yep. are a roll call of gentrification. They've all been so greatly improved in the last even 20, 25 years um, and have also gone in the running for European capital of culture, that yes. sort of thing. What's well, so funny with Liverpool particularly, my parents have just come back from Liverpool and said yep. it's amazing how nice it is now. It used to be very oh, yeah. industrial and yeah. it was sort of a hard-working town. But you talk about the rich history, the Beatles and yes. strawberry fields, etc. And then, of course, for the newer generation, I've yes. got a 10-year-old who is obsessed with a football club. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. And that's the beauty yeah. of this part of the world yeah. too that – a football side or a sporting team can dictate the whole area yes. depending on how well they're going yeah. and the rich history that goes along something there like that. There is that. that. And there's also um, the, the ferry that crosses the Mersey and they play yes. the Jerry and the Pacemakers, you know, ferry across the Mersey. But it's also an equestrian capital as well. Of course, it hosts um, the Grand National at uh, Aintree Racecourse, um, which so is you wonder uh, just a race walking in if you would get sort of this musical gene or all of a sudden a piece yeah, of musical yeah. brilliance would we, come We had a good you. time in Liverpool. Like it was a, a thoroughly good... Um, destination to head to so uh this this trip also newcastle leeds you mentioned yeah um, well this trip also goes up to the scottish highlands along the banks of um, loch ness um 
Um, I mean, we're probably not going to see Loch Ness, the monster itself, but um, site of the bloody um, Battle of Culloden yep. um, into Edinburgh. I mean, Edinburgh is a really beautiful destination to visit as well with the uh, the Royal Mile and, of course, Edinburgh Castle and the yep. Crown Jewels there. Um, Holyrood House and the new Scottish Parliament building. Back down into the UK to um, York. Now, York's one of those beautiful destinations. It's um, the city, the yes. city of York. Yep. And a city is normally declared a city in uh, the UK when it has a cathedral. Usually, that's usually the, the golden rule. Okay. So, uh, the York Minster is a very famous Gothic cathedral. And it, the city itself is surrounded by mm. crenellated walls and, of course, the, uh, um, the the amazing sort of labyrinthine streets that sort of exist. And there's lots of little fish and chip shops and souvenir shops yep. and, you know, regular run-of-the-mill sort of shops. But um, um, this particular trip, we do a, um, um, a dinner at a grand private home of a Yorkshire family. So there's every chance you might have Yorkshire pudding Beautiful. on this trip. Now, my dad's a, a, a Yorkshire man. And a Yorkshire mm. pudding, in case you're not sort of familiar with it, is sort of like a... Um, a baked um, dish, it's placed in the oven, it's a batter that's mm. placed in the oven and yep. it all f- sort of fluffs up when you have it with roast beef and lashings of gravy. Now, I used to have the Australian Yorkshire pudding, which is the size of a, a sort of smallish potato, but I've <laughs> yeah. seen the proper size. Yeah, yeah, big size. ones, big yeah. ones. Entire roast in dinners inside a, uh, right. inside a Yorkshire pudding. So if you see one of those anywhere on uh, usually pub, um, uh, pub grub type yep. sort of menus, because in England, uh, a really good pub selling uh, sort of non-sort of formulaic sort yep. of food um, is known as a gastro pub. So it's not mm. a pub where you would get sick, rather it's a gastronomic sort of pub. Yes. And <laughs> often in those gastronomic pubs, um, you get to point the difference out there. Yep. Those um, giant Yorkshire puddings can house mm, yeah, uh, the best mm. sort of roast beef, um, crispy potatoes and all those sort of things. The thing I love about you, Mel, is that you know almost everything, or probably everything, but you lo- you know everything from the history we need to know to the nonsense too. And <laughs> yeah. I sort of tend to sway down that way a little bit. <laughs> you sing that song to your kids when they're young, the grand old Duke of York, he had yeah, 10,000 men, yeah, he yeah. marched them up to the top of the... That's where we're going? That's it, pretty much, yeah. So uh, into York, um, so some time there. And then down actually to... Um, the Bard's birthplace down to um, Stratford-upon-Avon. Um, yes. So uh, he's very highly regarded, of course, in British culture. There's also the opportunity to see um, um, the uh, the Shakespeare Theatre in London as well. Um, it's, a, it's really worth going to. Um, down to Exeter and uh, the very, very south. Um, so that's basically the southwest of England. It's almost the, the Riviera of mm. England. So you've got palm trees growing sort of around Torquay. My granddad used to go out every year to um, Torquay and write to my mum and say, Oh, we're heading out to um, Torquay in Devon for yes. a week. You know, they've actually got like surfing beaches along there. Fistral in Cornwall has surfed to rival some of the greatest surfing beaches in the world. Who would have known? You don't you know? think that? No, you wouldn't have known. But it was also um, where the founding fathers took off from as well, from um, Plymouth, okay. of course. So yep. the steps by which they um, travelled down to yep. the Mayflower to take their joint out to um, the US, Dartmoor National Park. We stop in some traditional pubs for dinner, and of course Stonehenge. Mm. Stonehenge becomes. Well, it's very famous all year round, but it becomes famous, very famous twice a year on the summer solstice and the winter solstice. So 21 June and 21 December. 21 June in the Northern Hemisphere, longest day. 21 December, shortest day. And the opposite for us. I've seen Billy Connolly run nude around Stonehenge. Have you been there? Is yeah, it as yeah. impressive as it, it is? It is really yeah. impressive when you consider that there were no sort of like um, you know John Deere tractors or anything pulling these things into place. Yeah. I mean, I still laugh at Chevy Chase knocking him over like a stack of dominoes yes. in his movie. You know, Chevy Chase's <laughs> European, European vacation. vacation. Yep. Um, Stonehenge, you can't obviously get sort of right up close and personal to them. You're at a, a respected sort of distance away, uh, about sort of fifteen meters. Okay. But you can get sort of unimpeded.
repeated views of all of the stones sort of around the uh, the way. I believe if you are a druid and you're there sort of um, during the summer and winter solstice, um, they do sort of open them up a little bit more for people um, okay. to uh, to come a little bit closer to them. But um, they've got an amazing system where you go basically underneath the fairly busy road and then over to uh, a visitor centre and then yep. to Stonehenge itself. And to think that the stones came from literally many, many hundreds of kilometres away mm. is just an extraordinary feat, How did really. How stack them? It's crazy, you know. Um, and, and, and they're not stones from that sort of local sort of area no. either. But you'll see sort of a lot of construction sort of right around um, the UK. I mean, not, not obviously anything um, quite the same as Stonehenge, but some of the castles that were constructed yep. are really quite sort of noted. And even in London at the, the Tower of London. I mean, I used to work just um, around the corner from the Tower of London and there are walls to the city of London that sort of like beat a path through modern sort of London. And we're talking, you know, 10 and 11 centuries old. Mm. And this is the thing about this area of the world. I mean, really pretty much all of the Northern Hemisphere, the history that exists, mm. that doesn't exist here in our country. So I think... What people love about the UK is the sheer history. That yeah. You really can feel the history when you're in it. When well, you're every there. spot that you go to, you know something about. There's not often trips that you can do that. You might see, oh, I've never heard of this place before. We're experiencing this That's for it. the first time. That's These, it. straight away, something in your mind conjures up because we know of York and we know of Leeds and we know of Liverpool. Yeah. And we you know of might have seen it in movies and yeah. things like that. So yeah. it's sort of... Um, um, you know, commonly at play in uh, movies and television shows and that yep. sort of thing. And certainly London is. I mean, if you ever watch mm. The Bill or any of those sort of shows or Spooks or mm. the, the latest one, Line of Duty, all of these sort of um, shows are sort of set in London or in Manchester and places yep. like that. And, and London, I mean, I, I, I sort of regard um, Dr. Johnson's comment, if you're tired of London, you're tired of life. Yes. You know, there's nothing <laughs> to get tired about with London. Like It is... There's four cities of the world, great cities. Yep. You've got basically London, Paris, New York, Rome mm. um, are, in my opinion, the, the, the great cities of the world. Yep. And London, I mean, there's just something to do every weekend. I mean, even when we were living there, living and working there, we were tourists on the weekend. Mm. There was always something new to do. And I'm going out there at the beginning of November to do a couple of things I never did in the 15 years that I was there. And that's to ride that London Eye. Yes, yes. <laughs> to go up to the Thames Barrier. Yep. To go to Dr. Johnson's house. Of all things. And probably to take a look through the maze at Hampton Court. Yep. Um, Hampton Court, well, we went and visited Hampton Court. It's really famous for the uh, um, uh, the, the Elizabethan era kitchens mm. that sort of exist, that, that existed from pretty much King Henry VIII's time. I mean, just yep. crazy town, you know. Um, we visited... Um, uh, the the Buckingham Palace uh, one year, yeah. um, covered in hot chocolate stains and a pink <laughs> top because I'd been into Starbucks first of all, but we won't sort of mention too much more about that. But um, it was great to sort of see where the Queen sort mm. of receives all of the guests, yep. um, but also to see where the, uh, uh, the the state banquets and all those sort of sorts of things occur. Yeah. So you know, whether you're going on this trip or a a future trip to the UK, it's a mm. must-do in London, I think. Even if you're not a monarchist, it's a, it's a great destination to sort of visit. Well, it's funny. When we travel, we don't necessarily go for the country. We go for the things to do or the yeah. things to see. And you're right. Yeah. Right throughout this trip, everything you've mentioned, particularly in London, I guess, there are so many things. Go to Downing Street. Go to Buckingham Palace. Go and see Big Ben. Go to Piccadilly Circus. No animals. 
a little obscure Wayne's World gag there. Uh, Trafalgar <laughs> Square. There is just so much rich heaps history. To heaps to do. And, you know, along Charing Cross Road there, you've got some of the best booksellers that ever existed, yeah. you know, and one of them, Hatchards, by appointment to the Queen, exists. If you can't get a book that you want in Hatchards, it, yep. it probably was never produced. But then just off Charing Cross, you've also got the most amazing musical instrument shops. Mm. And I still love going there because I, 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 I'm interested in Scripophily, which is the collection of um, precious papers, you know, stock and bond certificates, yep. banknotes, those sort of things. And they've got some amazing shops dotted through there. And then they've got my most amazing breakfast um, uh, experience at the Wolseley Hotel, or the Wolseley as mm. it's called. And it was the old Wolseley car showroom. Right here, right there on uh, Piccadilly, just along from uh, the Ritz sort of hotel. Or you can go and pick up uh, a couple of Scotch eggs and a few bits in Harrods and then yep. walk your way over to the Serpentine and just sit there and enjoy sort of like a, a slummy sort of little lunch. Because, I mean, don't forget that the Brits, as well as, as, well as inventing the sandwich, the Earl of Sandwich, of mm. course, invented the sandwich. But sandwiches in England are, are off the scale. Yeah. And they're all packaged sandwiches. It doesn't mean that they're from sort of like um, cheapo service station type sandwiches. We're talking Marks and Spencer, Waitrose, Sainsbury, Tesco. They all produce their incredible range of packaged yeah. sandwiches. So you go and pick, pick a couple of those up and uh, pick a little tub up of um, little sausages and some tomato sauce and some beautiful grapes and things like that. And then sort of head over and have a, a picnic in one of the oh. many parks. Everything you're mentioning is something that people will just be tugging at a memory or a heartstring that people want to go on this particular trip. Uh, so from right through Ireland, right through to London, everywhere. Uh, when is this trip going? Well, this particular trip is heading out uh, beginning of May um, and it uh, finishes back in Adelaide on the, uh, the 22nd of May. Um, this one actually is escorted by Paul Williams, who um, has done a lot of escorting work for us. He's been out to Russia and he's yep. been to uh, to do European River Cruise and he's been out to Canada and that sort of thing. So he's got quite got himself quite a following. But it's uh, this is one that we've um, uh, run on several occasions now. It's a really well-loved sort of tour. Yeah, um, no uh, one thing I would advocate um, at the end of this trip, um, although we've got a couple of days um, here in London, is to just sort of bump it out and have an extra five or six nights because it yes. really is worth it in London. For sure. Melanie, yeah. thank you for that. I thank can you. see by your smile you enjoyed talking, bringing back all those memories. <laughs> yeah, it does. From Royal Bank, Britannia. From Banks and Mash. <laughs> to Buckingham Palace. Uh, there you go, folks. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Find out more about this trip or any trip that you hear on the podcast. You can find out more at pht.com.au. Visit any of the 10 offices or, of course, keep checking the social media channels.